Hey everyone, thank you for tuning into this podcast. This is Anthony and Tony. We are recording the, I guess this would be episode one yes. of the uh, Real American Outdoor podcast. Um, we are going to be talking everything from everything that we uh, like, the fishing, tractors, cars, guns, freedom, probably some politics. Yeah, some sports in there too, yeah. current events. Yeah, for sure, some sports. So... Anything uh, we care about. Yeah, and talking about a lot of the fishing trips we took this year and for what we hope for what we're going to do next year. Oh, yeah. Yep. So pretty much we'll start off. We touched the main topics, what the Real American Outdoors is all about. So I guess we'll give brief history of who we are, what we do, where we come from over the past, I don't know, what was it six years seven years yeah about six yeah, yeah. 2013 we kind of yeah. started this yeah whenever when... we started this so kind of a brief history started us to you know fishing is something we both love both enjoy whether yeah. it be fishing off the bank in the pond in backyards when we started to now we're driving halfway across the country to go fish on a lake yeah and so i guess we Wanted to turn our passion into something we care about into something everyone else can enjoy. So that's kind of the basis for it. And a few name changed later. And over the course of time, we realized there's there's a lot of fishing um, YouTube channels out there and a lot of yeah different ways you can go. And I think we tried to be like other people and not be ourselves. Yeah, we didn't really try the uh, you know, authenticity. Yeah of who we really are and do our own thing because yeah. i mean you see everybody else out yeah. there from know, yeah. fluke master yeah and there's all those other big youtube yeah. there's the fluke master method where it's all about teaching there's the guggen squad where it's like watch me talk about fishing and yep. fish but watch my life but i really don't care about watching your life but if other people do that's fine that's that's just not who we are and that's not the content we really wanted to provide necessarily exactly like and i'm not going to do a video of us going to bass pro and be like look what we're buying no. you know no. but if you want to see like what we do on the water that's different and more like kind of a hybrid of what gene jensen does and what they does so and we also expanded what the real american outdoors really is to be about what everybody likes not just fishing because we like a lot more than fishing yeah and we i guess i kind of got into tractors a couple years ago and like garden tractors not big massive tractors like on a farm because we don't need that around here no. none of us do but um now we are into garden tractors from the 70s and, yep. and 80s kind of got one into it got you into it now and mm. uh that's another part of these videos that we really want to try to get out there yeah. on our YouTube channel. Just kind of some how-to stuff because a lot of the people that own those tractors are older. And not saying older people don't know how to use uh, social, techno- media. social media and technology, but it'd be nice to have some more how-to videos out yep. there. And maybe we can help a newer generation yep. with that. Definitely but then, a niche yeah. market there. Yeah, for sure. And then also, like bringing Juan into this more with the automotive automotive side of this where i mean yeah we can do an oil change and and brakes but bigger jobs especially he he can do and then 
stuff he's certified to do and what he went to school to do. Yep. yep. And then the next thing, 2A. Yes, Ooh. Second Amendment, Ooh. everyone's favorite. Yes, yes. Yeah, so obviously, like fishing, there's a lot of Second Amendment gun channels out there, yep. which yep. we're kind of, we've never dabbled in that until now. So yeah, we'll definitely learn as we go and then find our originality in those videos along with being informative, having fun along the way, because it's all about having fun. Yeah, you know, absolutely. We have day and jobs. This is not our day job. So. No, and as much as we'd love it to, to be, and yeah. maybe how much we think about this stuff when we are at work. Yeah. But, I mean, it was nice being in Alabama the other week and not yep. having to worry about anything. Yep. Except for fishing. Yeah. So, we're going to start off our show by recapping our Gunnersville fishing trip. So, I guess, high-level background, the Real American Outdoors the past Oh, this is our fourth trip, right? Um, yeah, fourth yeah trip. the first was Kentucky Lake, Yep. and then we did... Gunnersville. Gunnersville in 2017. 17, yep. Table Rock in 18, and we went back to Gunnersville because we thought it was back. Yeah. We, yeah. Number two on the, on the Bassmaster top lakes in the yeah. country. We, we, we kind of decide which lake we want to go to the previous year, Yep. and then by, like, New Year's Eve... We kind of have a a good idea where we're gonna go and plan for the fall, and I mean, you'd think mid October, mid late October would be fantastic for Alabama, yep. and weather wise, weather wise, and it wasn't bad. It was yeah. high sixties most of the time. We did get a decent amount of rain when we were there. Yeah. I mean, they did have a hurricane south of yeah there, so that didn't and help. It wasn't much of the rain. It was and more of the weather that happened a month before we were there that yeah. seemed to really affect and the everything. unseasonably hot. Yep, unseasonably hot for September. I mean, it, it's still the South, but it's not July in the South. It's yeah. September in the South. Yeah, and it's not ninety. It needs to be high seventies, low eighties. Oh, humid, absolutely. Ninety five to hundred in here. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I mean, like, Table Rock was nice when we were there last year. Yeah. But then when we get down there, the first night, first day, it was, like, shorts and t-shirt weather yep. when we got down there. You were sweating. And then the next, like, three days after that, three or four days, it was all in the 30s. Yeah. It was colder there and then uh, here. And yeah. for anybody listening, wondering, we are, we're currently in Wisconsin right now, southern Wisconsin, uh, even though it's not those northern Upers or Minnesota or yep. way out west and where it's th those temperatures it's still cold here yep like we had a snowy Halloween yesterday yeah <laughs> five inches of snow on Halloween yeah that's nice what Thank the you. hell but yeah so we'll get into the Gunnersville recap so drive down there first night it was kind of the house what we thought was very interesting. Yeah, so a little background. We like to uh, do like an Airbnb or home away, yep. rent a house. Uh, last year we kind of stayed at like a fishing resort, and that was cool, but it just, it was old. It was yeah. like outdated. 70s. 70s and hardcore. Like, yeah, they updated like the late 80s and stopped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was cheap. I oh, mean, absolutely it was. Couldn't be the price. No, and but it was pulling the boat every in and out of the water every day which i know this is first world problems but it is nice to have a boathouse and you're oh, like yeah. hey we're gonna stay here and yep. we don't have to go launch the boat every day you could just walk down yeah but um yeah first first night when we got there um the house wasn't what we thought it was, it was a little smaller uh and i mean boathouse wasn't bad no 
That was a good shape. I think the weird part was the... It was almost like if a house was a studio apartment. And they, they had a carport on the outside. And instead of like an attic, they put a loft over. Yeah. And they just stuck two twin beds on the floor. Yeah. And like, unless you're five foot tall, you can stand up in the yeah. middle there. No, it wasn't. And you have the queen mattress in the It was a little bedroom. tight. A little tight. One bathroom. Shower was okay. Yeah. No I dishwasher. Mean, yeah. I mean, the amount of beer we had was good. Yeah. Uh, Blew through a couple cases. Highlight. 230 racks. 15 rack of natties. Yeah, so they, I don't know, anybody, if anybody's going to listen to this and you're from the South. Uh, we, Your beer think, prices suck. Yeah, they suck horribly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we're, we're very uh, Miller product people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll venture out a little bit, but mainly light beer. Yeah. Miller Light, High Life Light, Hams. Yeah. For whoever doesn't know what hams is, it's fantastic. Yeah, and it's not like it was like craft beer versus mass-produced domestic. No. It's like thirty rack of high life in Northern Illinois is where we're originally from. Twelve ninety nine high life light thirty yeah. rack. Yep. Down there, it's twenty two to twenty four bucks depending on the store, and not even liquor stores sell beer. It's only liquor, which yeah. I get it. It's in the name. Yeah. But up here. Liquor stores sell everything, you can, not just liquor. You can go to a gas station and have every option in the world in yeah. the beer cave. Yeah, so that's definitely a little culture difference. And oh, I yeah. get it everywhere is different, but it's like, it, wow, that's a lot of those counties there. were dry down there for yeah, not until or not like too long ago. Yeah, like the, when we went to Kentucky Lake, it was only dry for two years in 2016. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. And beer prices, liquor prices were crazy. Yeah, but yeah, damn Yankees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so boathouse was nice got our own little no lift they used the lift for the jet for the, ski which, yeah we didn't have a lift but it was just nice to be inside yeah out of the rain out when of the it was rain. raining yep so technically day one was the following day because it was a 10 hour drive and by the time we got there it gets dark at six o'clock yep so uh technically day one uh the first time we went a little further north a lot more creeks near there. This time, yeah. a little further south, not a lot of cheese near us. So we had to make, it was about a seven-minute boat ride to the nearest creek. So for those of you who know Lake Gunnersville, we were just south of Waterfront, um, which was, I think, Waterfront Launch or something. They had a, whatever that gas station was, uh, Chevron was right across the street from there. So we were like five minutes from there, just yeah. south off 79 and yeah so day one we the first full day we were there we went up and fished what was that there yeah it wasn't yeah I'm i forget which creek cr- name regardless we uh i should have it pulled up on the map but yeah well when we started fishing uh i mean we started off with crankbaits and a lot of moving baits. A lot of moving baits, just trying to search yeah. a little bit. And I know we, you started off pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, um, I started using that double little spinner bait, the KVD half ounce white and chartreuse, my favorite color go to any lake I'm on. If you have to go to a lake that a white and chartreuse, like blades, William jig spinner bait has yet to work. Yeah. Um, so. Pull up there, as you saw in a recap video. It was right in the beginning. Entrance to the creeks. 
and Bo was in about 10 feet of water, and then you had that first bite, small guy, off that... Um, off that crankbait. Uh, yeah, Ike Steven or the Rapala DT6. Yeah, yeah. DT6. Yeah, and... small guy, typical crankbait bite. And then in that same pocket, kind of on that other side, yep. is when I got the blow up on the spinnerbait, and he hit it hard. Yeah. And, you know, so we're like, oh, it's going to be a great day. We saw the bait fish moving, weather, mm-hmm. high 70s, mostly sunny, little yeah. cloud cover yep. here and there. And then we get on the other side of the trees out of the wind, and then that's when you nailed that three-and-a-half-pounder off that stick bait. Yeah, and it for those of you who fish down south and uh, big a big bass is 10 pounds like that's something that's not heard of around here at all yep and i mean big fish for us is a three pound bass is huge yeah and we're gonna go off yeah. with it says three pounds we never checked that scale but yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure it was right around there it was a good so, fish it was a nice bass off of a stick bait um just fair, using a fairy stick so and then we catch any more that day? Yeah, we went we went back in for lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we go back in for lunch. We eat well on our trips, but yeah. uh, so we like to eat. Yeah, late afternoon, um, about three o'clock. We just went out on the other side, and there's that little island right by where the entrance to our creek was. And then about same depth, ten to twelve feet, I caught another one off that spinner bait. Yeah, and then we got out of the wind found some more of the grass and the hydrilla and the milfoil and then that's when we got the blow-ups on the frog stand day one but we couldn't get any to hook up yeah using the booyah toad runner it's... which is turned into our favorite frog bait oh yeah it's absolutely kinda, it's, you get the best of the frog and the best of the open water top water so yeah. why wouldn't you want to use it exactly and yeah. they're a little expensive oh yeah 10 bucks <laughs> pop. a little pricey so it's a little yeah eh, if you lose yeah. it but i mean that's what it was supposed to be big down there at the yep. time and still right now it's supposed it's, to be i mean to be. looking at reviews on like Gunnersville bass fishing on facebook and still there's there it's hard fishing down there yep see it every time and get the notifications yeah. it's like uh oh, lucky to get two yeah i'm like well yep it's like still not great so much for this lake being back yep i mean the first day we thought it was good yeah that was great we got bites early bait mm-hmm. fish active yeah thought thought we had a little bit of a pattern going day two rolls around very similar weather, maybe a little more sun. It got to about 80 yeah. instead of high 70s. This would crawl up in there, low 80s. And then morning bites suck. Couldn't get anything. Uh, saw bait fish moving, but nothing huge. That's when we went a little further south. They weren't shallow down there. Hmm. And then that's when we found that metal structure yep. off the main lake. And then caught in that little pocket yeah it was like a little runoff or water cooling, drain. yeah cooling water yeah. treatment facility or something yeah. and uh we caught a couple couple of bass in there it was yeah. off it was of stick right. baits off stick baits yeah, yeah. which is crazy because it's like you come down there you're thinking frogs you're thinking um yeah you're thinking ra- rattle traps moving stuff moving stuff and grass yeah all this stuff and yeah. then we're catching stuff on a five inch stick bait texas rigged yeah and what we do up here yeah. is our bread and butter up here, yeah. the junk fish. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that was pretty much it for that day. It was pretty tough. Didn't, not too many bites. Oh, I did catch that one fish off that, uh, on the first day. 
Remember when we fished the cheese and we saw the bait? Oh, yeah, Like the 12 inchers chasing at the bait fish. I swim jig, I got that. So Mm -hmm. that was like an 11 incher little jig. But uh, day three, that was our first bad weather day. That's when it rained and you caught that one fish flipping the 10 inch worm. Yeah. Flipping the 10 inch worm, which I never do up here. No. Ever. No. And I just gave it a try, and it would. I think that was the first cast I flipped that out there and yeah. got him. wasn't a big guy, but no, it was a fish. Yeah, but he was where where everyone was saying they were four to eight feet of water in the grass, and that's where we tried, but only got one that day. And then we were cut short by the rain, but you know that happens. That's fishing. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, day four. Uh, still a little tough. Um. Weather was nicer. Day four, wait, day three was when we went to, we went to uh, Chattanooga that night, right? Yeah, we went, yeah. Yeah, so we drove into Chattanooga, and then, which also was not what I thought. No. For, I thought Podunk College Town, but it was like, there's 180,000 people in here. And of course, we went on a trip during college football season in Alabama when Alabama was playing Tennessee. Yep. On a Saturday night. Yeah, that was. I know football's big in the South, but even if you have a bad team, people still love football. Oh yeah, I have. When we we tried going to the country bar, and a little another fail this year. Yep. But we always try going to a country bar, and either do line dancing or something. But they were having a watch party. Yeah. And we were like, okay, watch party, maybe half the bar or something. Nope, the entire bar. Yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah. The entire bar, I mean, big projector screen. I mean, they were, yeah. I've never heard anybody cheer for Tennessee so hard in my yeah. life. And especially after that missed field goal going to halftime. Oh, my gosh. I've never seen, like, on a non-playoff game, yeah. game winner, like, just going into halftime yeah. and you're down 11. <laughs> and you're cheering that they missed the field yep. goal. It was it was insane. Interesting experience, but oh, absolutely it's it is. surreal. Because you don't get that up, like, up here. No. I mean, I mean, football's big up here, but it's yeah. not it's not life. No. Like how it is down no. there. But, so, went back. Day four. A um, little better weather day. Cloud cover. Um, uh, that's when we chased after that school, I believe. There's a... That was the day that we towed the guy back? Yeah, it might have been. Or that or no, been that was Mud Creek. Oh, no. Yeah, Sunday was Mud Creek Day. Sunday was Mud Creek, so we took the boat out of the water. Yeah, because so. it would have been like a 30-mile boat ride, and then we're like, nah. For all you Southerners listening, I'm drinking a spotty cow. Yo. I don't Ooh. know what that is. <laughs> Google it. you got to come to Wisconsin. Yeah, so that was our Mud Creek Day, because on that Friday, it must have been that Friday, because Saturday was the championship. Yep. They had a BFL regional, and... Uh, we were fishing by uh, one of the many boat ramps, yep. and we're by the dock there, and the, a woman comes down to us and is like, hey, my husband's broken down on the other side of the bank. Let's go get him. We're like, sure. He's in the blue nitro. We're like, oh, fellow nitro buddy, because we had the Z9. Yep. And get yeah, back there. Him. Yeah. He's from Jacksonville, Florida, fishing the BFLs. Like, that's his job, to fish the mid-level stuff, pretty much. Must be nice. Yeah, right. Yeah. And hey, uh retired military. Yeah, retired military. Thank and you for uh, service. Yep. And this is what he's doing for his retirement job. Um so he was saying he was 
doing pretty relatively well for the tournament, but he was yeah. saying it was tough everywhere and um yeah, and he gave us some where to fish the creeks and he's like, Go up to try Mud Creek. So we're like, Oh, we'll try Mud Creek on a good weather day. So that was Sunday. Yeah. And got maybe a blow up on a frog. Yeah. And, and that was about it. Maybe more blow up. More just uh, good look at, like sights that we don't yeah. see, and I mean it's yeah. beautiful. It the scenery was beautiful day. up there, but fish were biting. No, we even went out to the main river and nothing, nothing. So, um, day five, final day. Yeah, uh, storm was rolling in the later afternoon. Uh, we kind of made that a day. Well, we've fished here for four days, no pattern, don't know what's working. We're just gonna do something different go crazy yeah throw stuff throw different colors that we don't normally throw when you have every single rod on the deck yeah that have no nothing yeah. close with each other all different colors and everything you know you yep. have not figured it out yet it was like the old school before the original mlf when you people have like 30 rods on the deck because no yeah. one knows what they're doing that was us yeah and so we're like we made the a little further north north we went to south saudi creek Yep. And uh, we actually went to that creek last time. Didn't catch anything last time. But we're like, well, we haven't fished here this year. And then, for whatever reason, I'm like, we're in 16 to 14 feet of water. Let's throw out the crankbait. What the hell? And, <laughs> you know, I didn't want to get my deep diving set about because it's at the bottom. And I didn't want to tie anything new on blah, 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 blah. So... So hard. So hard. First world problems. Yeah, first world problems, right? <laughs> so I'm using the rattle trap rod for these deep divers. I'm like, uh, I'm not getting the action and the casting ability I want. And so I'm like, oh, I'll change it up. So I changed to the striking 6XD blackback chartreuse, you know, KVD's favorite. Yeah. Throw it in about 14 feet of water about 10 minutes later after casting about 20 times. Feel the crankbake bite and boom, catch a... 15 incher, mm. 14 feet of water in the entrance to South Saudi Creek. We're like, well, maybe we got some here. And then the way the wind was, we went into a little cove where a bunch of boathouses and docks were out of the yep. wind. And then I'm like, well, let me get a stick bait out because that's worked in the past. But let me f- find a weird different color that, you know, not green pumpkin, not June bug. So I pull out the uh berkeley havoc ike's flat dog in cinnamon purple fleck so it's like yeah. a almost a pumpkin seed with purple glitter yeah yeah and got a few hits nothing stuck you caught your fish on that yep and then i finally caught another one off that color i'm like well maybe i'll have to buy more of these because i've never caught anything <laughs> off that color and we're like what the hell see this is what happens we go on trips we catch something with something different and, and then all of a sudden we're five like, packs of them. <laughs> oh my goodness, the Ned rig yeah. when we went to Kentucky Lake in yep. early 2018. Yep. Oh my goodness. I have more TRDs and the Robo Worm ones. Oh, yeah. I know what to do with. And you can only use it for a yeah. short, a month up here. Yeah, a month. Two weeks. And then there's change. too many weeds. Yep. And went to the next little pocket. You know, I caught a, I caught a couple. Only Anthony's caught one. Juan hasn't caught one yet. We find. Boat docks. It's a little yeah. marina for a little little resort thing they got. Uh, nothing on the boat docks. And then between the gas dock and the recreational one, there's this huge patch of weeds. And Jay, he, uh, what he 
bird's nest the hell out of the one that he was using on the frog. Yeah. So he was done. He's he's not as experienced on the baitcaster. No, and when he, and when he gets like discouraged, yeah, he gets like, I don't know, he gets distracted quicker yeah. than we do because we could just sit out there. Yeah, obviously we've tournament fish, so we could yeah. just sit out there and have a bad day. We're like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, we're, and we're he fishing. he'll get, yeah, and so he he has a chatterbait on. Yeah, and it's like. Watch this top water chatterbait, and I'm like thinking, I'm like, oh god, I'm on the trolling motor. We're gonna go over there because we got to get out of the weeds. Yep. And then five seconds later, boom, fish hits it. Yeah. And then, as you saw on the recap video, it was more grass than bass. Yeah, and, and oh, yeah, and in the video, yeah, we got a decent amount of video of that. I mean, yeah. he literally, it was pound of pound of grass, pound of bass. Yep. And and never seen that kind of catch before. I know. But we all caught fish last day, doing stuff out of the ordinary that we're not comfortable doing, using colors that we don't normally use, and techniques that are really not recommended. Um, Yeah, Yeah, there was was absolutely no pattern. Yeah, no pattern. Absolutely no pattern. But looking at the BFL weights and the other tourney weights that were down there, the high school tournament was there. Everyone struggled. Everyone struggled to get limits, let alone fish of any size. Um, but most as disappointing the fishing was, based off what was right early in the year, it was still a fun trip. Yeah, we always have a good time. I mean, yeah. it's more that's more just yeah. a friend trip that we're that the uh, significant others are not as happy that yeah. we we leave. But it's more friend time. I mean, I mean, we've been so busy lately. And we had a we went to the Mississippi River, fished in La Crosse, Wisconsin, yep, in late August. Covered yep. the boat, and next time we uncovered the boat was when we drove down to Alabama yep. on October sixteenth. Yep. So I mean, just don't get to fish that often, and that's why yep. it's fun. But yeah, this lake overall, uh, we don't believe it's back. I think it's hyped up. I see a it's lot a of comments. I think it's the, name. it's the name. There's a lot of comments on facebook and a couple other things and people are saying well they're hyping it up because they're trying to get people to come to tourism tourism and having that name so a lot of these places rely on that tourism and all the turnings come oh absolutely and i mean big big industry down in that part of the country yeah and obviously they're going to continue to have tournaments on that lake pretty much every weekend there's always going to be tournaments yep always um can say we're probably going to avoid a TVA lake next year. Definitely. So uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. Give those a break. Yeah. So as much as people love Chickamauga, nah. Let's nothing off the Tennessee River, please. Yeah. So we've maybe an Ozark Lake. Yeah, we've we've had talks of either going to an Ozark Lake or or maybe a Texas Lake. The issue with the Texas Lakes, it's a that's about a 14 hour drive from us, which. Yeah. I know it doesn't sound bad for a lot of guys. I mean, you look yeah. at Brandon Paul and Nick, and he's in Idaho. Yeah. He's driving all the way out to Tennessee, Alabama. Yeah. But, I mean. Weekend warriors like us. It's yeah. A bit different. For sure. Guess. Yep. For sure. Yep. So, um, that's pretty much what we've been doing fishing-wise. Yeah. But, in the industry as a whole, over the past month or month or so, a lot of shakeup. Oh, yeah. And never sure. Major League Fishing's making people mad again this year. Oh, yes. And I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I do, too. I mean, I always loved Major League Fishing when it started. Yeah, I did, It was too. a way 
yes, it was made for TV, but the way they did it in the made for TV stuff, you got to see the pro struggle. Oh yeah, it was cool. It was it was nice because you can watch it during the winter time, and it, was, yep. it gave you something to do. And yeah. and for for those that don't know what ice is, yeah, we pretty much can't fish from late November all the way until I mean technically we can start again early March, but it's miserable. Yeah, it's cold. But so as all the people who pay attention to the fishing industry have seen MLF has now acquired FLW, which when the Bass Pro Tour first went live, uh, Boy Duckett always talked about starting grassroots. Well, what better than to just buy the infrastructure from FLW, yeah. which is the largest yep. fishing grassroots organization in the country? Yep. And I and I heard there was rumor. I read, I guess there was rumors that before he, I guess he was originally trying to, I guess buy like BASS. Yeah. Like, and they opened stuff and they said no. Yeah. I don't know. Johnny Morris has his uh, hands around everything. Yep. Along with Boy Duckett. And yeah. It is crazy. Yep. The amount of money that's going into that. Yeah. But so, it, it's cool, though, with yeah. the grassroots. Definitely. Through FLW. And now we've seen, they've released, like, what, a week ago exactly how they're going to do it. Yep. And this pay structure, better yep. payout, lower entry fees for yep. the. BFLs and the FLW series. More TV time. More TV. Way, way more. Because what was it? They were saying it was like 44 hours of yeah, TV time. It's going to like quintuple the amount of TV yeah. time. Track sponsors. Yeah. And, and that's huge. And, yes. and so I know a lot of people don't like that because they're just like, oh, that's like, it's not giving the small guy a chance and all this stuff. But I mean, you're still working to get to that level. Yes. And these guys, this is their job for their yeah. living. Yeah. They're not like, oh, this is a side thing. This is their living. Yes. So. Biggest expenses outside of the, yeah. where they live. And it's but, their biggest expenses. Yeah, and I'm sure, sure a lot of them don't hurt for money, but, I mean, these professionals, I mean, only a handful of them are making a crap ton. Yeah. So. Not everyone's got KVD, KVD I, or G-Man or, money. Yeah. Most people are like, I'm, I need this to make this cut to yeah. get this check. Yep. And. Otherwise, I might not be able to do this next oh, yeah. year. But, so, you know, the Bass Pro Tour and the MLF is still going to be the Bass Pro Tour for MLF. But uh, it the more interesting is how the FLW top circuit is going to be affected by this because obviously they did the traditional five fish. Yep. Biggest five. And so, you know, that format change that's being proposed out there is going to, Ruffle some feathers for the people are, who intentionally do want to go to the basketball. And it already has, because I think yeah. there's a big group of people that really don't like Major League Fishing. Yes. And they're just like, oh, you're catching dinks. And, yeah. you're doing, I don't know. It's. Yeah. I know that's why Keith Combs, I know he's the elite series side. That's why he didn't want to go. Well, he it. also wants to be a big fish in a small pond, too. Yes, that's he, re- he realized, he, yeah. yeah, he was good. He's a good cranking guy. He's, yep. But he doesn't, he has a hard time competing on those yeah. shallow water fisheries yes he's a deep water guy yep and a majority of the guys on the circuit or on the main or the main professionals are they can fish both yes without have to with ease yeah yes you have to and so i think what's really gonna benefit is instead of having three tours you now have really two of them are now on the same umbrella and it's gonna only help by combining the sponsorship dollars, right? So, obviously, it really comes down to money. 
and allocating all sponsorship dollars in one place allows you to do more things with the payouts lower entry fees and kind of the fishing industry as a whole has realized you know the other professional sports in this country you pay to pl- they pay you to play yeah where you know especially in the mid 2000s late 2000s and like 2010 there it was getting ridiculous because fishing is like here's your welcome to the elite series you owe us eighty thousand dollars in entry yes and i think the fishing anglers said this is kind of ridiculous which is why kind of boyd duckett and gary klein did what they did and now you've seen the fishing industry moving to more making easy on the anglers you know passport tour actually paying people to be on their tour you know the rest you know the lower levels following more not following suit, but, you know, lowering the financial obligation to actually go fish professionally or try to fish professionally. And I think that's only going to help grow on the grassroots side. And because Major League Fishing started in 2011, I believe. Yeah, right around somewhere there. around there. So, I mean, you know Boy Duck and Gary Klein, they had to have this vision. Yep. You or an idea yeah. of that. Yeah. I mean, what do you, where do you see them going in five years from now? I mean, well, my prediction: five years, there's only going to be one major professional circuit. Yeah, you know, no factual basis behind this, but the way I see things going is BASS is going to fold into MLF will buy them out somehow, and then you'll have all the major fishing brands under one umbrella, and then. Now you have the Bassmaster Classic, the the FLW Cup, Forcewood Cup, and whatever you want to, whatever MLF calls their championship. Yeah. So you kind of do this hybrid golf with the individuality of it, but you also and NASCAR to that extent. So you know, FLW their championships at the end. Well, Elite Series their championships always at the be kind of the beginning with the you know, Bassmaster Classic with their big tournament. So you're kind of doing this hybrid NASCAR golf model where yeah, individual sport, but now you have the opportunity to do various, you know, major tournaments, if you will, and kind of do a different point series if you want to do the golf where your major events have more points but finishing higher compared to some random tournament in, you know, July. That's not the U.S. Open. Oh, yeah. You know, so I think if I had to guess, that's where it's going, and then you can incre- increase your mind. Like now, you would really have your minor league circuit, right? So your major level would be your Bass Pro Tour, and then you know what was the Elite Series and what was the FLW Tour is kind of like your AAA, and then you kind of have your Opens as your Double A and your BFLs as your Single A type. Yeah. Of, if you're comparing it to like a major minor league with the baseball and how they do it. And, th- I don't know, I think that would make more sense. Yeah. And overall, and with sponsorships and everything down the line. But yeah. now you have, all of a sudden, a couple of days ago, we had the uh, the professionally, or what is it called? The, the National Professional National Fishing, Fishing league. league. Yes. So that made a, a little surface on yeah. there. No, I, I mean, not that I'm... He- you have insiders in the industry, but no. no one, no one, I didn't see that coming. No, I didn't see that coming and either. They're kind of doing 
the hybrid of the traditional five fish, but also this more angler centric, um, you know, idea, you know, they're planning on launching in 2021, the tour, which I get, you got to get, you know, tournaments down and late in the game for all these big time lakes and all that stuff. But they're actually taking applications from people to be part of that tour. Which is cool. Yes. And I think they realize the big professionals, uh, they're probably going to stay at MLF. Yeah. I don't, they're not going to jump to this. Yeah. But, I mean, that does give the people that, I guess, are the MLF, uh, FLW haters that are, want to do something different that opens, yep. I guess. And... And to do this, because, I mean, it's, it says it's a 125 angler field. I mean, yeah, like you said, the two-year contract. Um, and an option for a third year, too. So yeah. if you even don't like it, you can even get out of it, which, you know, even more angler-friendly than... And then they're they're offering that same thing, that social aspect of live stream all three days, get that media yep. uh, attention out there. Yeah. Um, and then live in studio, and it's like, we're all the uh, audio people, or the uh, uh, the commentators. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna run out of people eventually. Mm-hmm. They're gonna yeah. have. Who are you gonna have for this? Yeah. Who but, knows? I mean, I'm looking at the payouts, and for, for anybody that can. Yeah. For a five thousand entry fee. Yeah. Not bad. No. And no entry fee for the championship makes sense. Live stream all three days. Um. You pull right up to the stage, showcasing your rig and sponsors, so sponsors will be happy about that. And then the ownership group, which I thought was interesting. Um, the majority owner is Al McCullough. He's from the Big Bash Bash, AIA, Elite Angler. The second majority owner is you have Brad and Michelle Fuller, who is a mega custom tackle. And then the minority owner, which I thought was interesting, was Paul Benson of Cash and Rods. Yeah, that was and pretty interesting. Yeah. For those of you who follow Fat Cat Newton, you yeah. know Cashin does a lot of their own cash and rod tournaments and all that yep. stuff. So this is him, you know, getting in the big leagues per se. So that'll be interesting to see where that goes in a year and a half from now. Um, I hope it goes well. Um, yeah, absolutely. What I think it will happen is they'll fold eventually with the Bass Pro Tour. Um, I'm going to open my... New Glarus spotted cow now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there we go. For those of you who don't know, spotted cow you only can buy in Wisconsin. Yep. Um, and it is fantastic. I don't even know what to compare it to. It's like a, um, I guess a flavorful, in between a lighter, a, late, a wheat, a lighter wheat beer. I guess. Or not. I mean, beer. I don't know we're not beer snobs here. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, so, that's professionally. Fishing League, someone to watch in the near future. We'll pay attention to that. Um, so, everything else in the REO. Um, yeah, and we get plenty of other topics that we're going to be talking about and um, recording. I know we have a lot of videos that we still want to make, and yep. we have ideas that are constantly going through our heads, and that we're trying to write down and trying to record at the same time yep and a little tough now 
based off where we live. We're coming in the winter months. Yeah. Fishing's I, winding down. We're going to try to get out fishing probably two more times. One to two more times, even though there's yeah. snow on the ground right now. Yeah. One to two more times and... Yeah. We say that, but we might not be able to. Yeah, exactly. Weather. And yeah. it might just be, well, we're yeah. going to winterize the boat, and we're not pulling it until um, March. Because yeah. for those of you who are around, um, who are familiar with the northern Illinois area, there's a lake called Braidwood Lake, I guess it'd be called. Yeah, it's a nuclear plant cooling lake. Yeah, for Exelon. Yep. And uh, so it never freezes, but it's only open from, it opens March 1st, and then it closes like October yeah for hunting so it's um it's only hunting right now yeah. oh no it's november first right? it's november so it's completely closed it's completely right now closed. so yeah. we'll go back down there in March. Well, no right in the beginning it closes March. november first for fishing december for or first in total okay. it's hunting right now it's November 1st. okay yeah. gotcha so it just closed but in the summertime it's hot down yes there. it is very hot we've done tournaments down there in july in or, july. sorry in june in june because illinois got that weird Law, law where law. if you're south of i-80 you can't have a tournament between july and august because yeah. they think the fish are going to get too dehydrated because of people's live wells and yeah and if you're I south don't... of i-64 you can't even do one in june yeah you gotta wait till because that's only an illinois thing yeah that's illinois dnr for you no yeah it's... no but we're not a big fan of illinois here yeah <laughs> yeah but um but yeah so we got some videos we're gonna try getting another fishing video in um we're pretty close to lake geneva here tony lives about 10 minutes from there yeah 10 minutes up. and so Good small mouth. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar lake geneva is one of the clearest lakes in the country i believe it is rated i just read an article it was a couple years old but they rated obviously clear lake in california is number one yeah. And Lake Geneva was number two. Yep. And I it's mean, one of the few blue lakes. It, yeah, blue lakes. And yeah. it, you just can see so far down. I mean, you're fishing in 20 feet of water, and you're like, oh, there's a there's a Coors Light can or something. Yep. Yeah. At the bottom. And it's it, surreal. It's a, oh, it absolutely is. And we've done a couple tournaments there. And uh, a couple years ago, we really didn't know how to fish deeper water. We only knew how to, like, junk fish docks in, like, three feet of water. Yeah. Dirty and, water. Yeah. Vegetation. And we got slapped pretty good. Oh, there. yeah. I mean, there's guys that are fishing Lake Geneva, and it's a good smallmouth lake. And, I mean, it's the deepest part of Lake Geneva. is like 200-something feet deep. Yeah. They're not – no one's and, drop shouting down there. No, but it's, but, uh, it's a deep lake, it's 11 a deep lake. miles wide. For yeah. for a, um, a lake in between Chicago and Milwaukee, yeah. that's huge. Yes. So, yeah, it's not the – That's not connected to the Great Lake. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, but yeah, so we're going to try getting down there. Um, we do us a whole bunch of videos we'd like to do for, uh, getting the snow thrower on the tractor and just teaching people a quicker way to do it. Um, and then obviously we, uh, some more automotive videos and since, uh, it's going to be cold now or we kind of shift into guns a lot. Yep. Um, so we like firearms. Yes, we do. Um, so we might own one or two. Yep. Um, but we're going to definitely do some reviews on some different firearms that we own and don't own. Yes. <laughs> um, and like so them. we got to actually get out there to the range and do some do some reviews or get some shooting in. Yeah, at least some footage. So I don't know how many of you guys, I mean, getting out shooting sometimes is 
Um, it's a little hard. Yeah. So you got to make time, obviously. But it's another one of, the, one of those things where it's like you got to take time. You got to get all the, all the guns there. Just like getting the boat to the ramp, it mm-hmm. takes time getting everything. I know I'm just making excuses. The excuse yeah. train's rolling through right now. Yeah. But yeah, we got some cool stuff. So we have a freedom segment part of our podcast um kind of uh that we want to incorporate with the real american outdoors um we are very freedom oriented Mm -hmm. i guess would be the good way to good way to put it and uh um we like our politics obviously we like how things are going with Mm -hmm. um stuff more to the right there's some scary stuff out there though there there is absolutely and we're in we're going to talk about some of that stuff. We're not going to go super crazy the entire podcast with them, but or maybe we will. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, and this is the freedom section of the Real American Outdoors. We can do whatever the hell we want. Yes. Um, Agreed. And whether, regardless, people are going to listen or not, we're going to talk about it. Yep. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, you know, this is the first one. I had a few ideas of mine. I came up with two. And then I was going to choose between one on the drive over here to do this podcast. And then leaving work, walking down the stairs, and they're in a lobby. They have CNN on. Yeah. You know. Take in mind, it's November 1st, 2019. Yeah. November 1st, 2019. Walk down the stairs, look at the TV, expecting to see, you know, the usual CNN headline about how you think America's, you know, going to end tomorrow because of how bad the political climate is here. Typical. But, uh, yeah. And then... You know, I see that Beto O'Rourke has dropped out of the presidential race. No. Yeah, yep. Yeah. He, he did. I thought he was going to go far. Uh, yeah. But the memes that he's provided. Yes. <laughs> for social networks. So, <laughs> I mean, if you love freedom and guns, you've probably been paying attention to yeah. some of the major headlines. I'd hope you were. And the social medias of all the outlets out there. Yeah. And... He pretty much made his campaign being anti-Second Amendment, anti-gun, you know, confiscation, Quote-unquote, hell yeah, I'm going to take your AR-15. And so, you know, that kind of inspired me to, you know, do this, you know, the Second Amendment. What does it really mean, and what did the Founding Fathers actually write on that piece of paper, right? Because... A lot of people, if you tell, if you if you ask you to recite the Second Amendment, they probably don't know what it is. Yeah, and they say, "Oh, it's my right to own a gun," which that's a very way to put it in layman's terms. But there's a lot more to it to that. So I'm going to start off by actually reading what the text says. So the Second Amendment reads: "A well-regulated militia, militia being capital M, being necessary to the security of a free state." State being capitalized. The right of the people to keep and bear arms, arms is capitalized, shall not be infringed. So we need to, we're going to break down kind of fragment by fragment what exactly is going on here. So a well-regulated militia. Everyone gets all up and excited because everyone's like, well, we got the regular army. Why do we need the militia? Blah, 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 blah. Well, you got to remember, this is the Constitution was written in the 1790s, right? So, before this 17, well, it was ratified in 1791, so it was really written in the late 1780s. But 
all these people were products of the American Revolution. And so, to them, the government was England, right? It was the king, it was parliament. It wasn't, you know, George Washington. So, the British, the Redcoats, whatever you want to call them, they were the government. And they were the regular army. They were the ones who were, you know, doing the oppressing. Yeah. It wasn't... The, the king was the mouthpiece and giving the orders, but the actual British army was the tool to do the oppressing of the colonists. And, you know, if you're a patriot, you're not going to be in the British army. You're going to be a member of the militia. And when the U.S. declared their independence, yes, they had a continental army, but there was a significant amount of, of soldiers who were part of the local state militias. And so, a, a well-regulated militia. So let's look at the definition of regulate. So there's a fear in here, there's control or maintain the rate of speed of a machine, not, not applicable. But here, control or supervise by means of rules and regulations. So, you know, rules and regulations doesn't necessarily have to be the federal government rules and regulations, right? Anyone can start in a militia. Yeah. They have rules as part of a militia. You can't just come and go as you please necessarily. You know, they have a rank and chain of command structure. It's just not regular army with regular funds. Yeah. And so you hear a lot, well, well, yeah, the National Guard. Well, the National Guard, it says national. It's part of the federal government. It's yeah. not a militia. Absolutely. I know there's a National Guard Act out there, but it's not a militia. Yeah. Even though it's it's state-run, state-fund, National Guard, not a militia. All right. Let's look up the definition of militia. So here, a military force that is raised from the civil population to supplement a regular army in an emergency. So, the founders viewed, obviously, British tyranny as an emergency. Yeah. So, you have a well-regulated militia. So, regulated, they had rules locally, they weren't regular army, and, you know, they were civil civilians, not federal or government employees, as we yeah. would call them today. Next part of the sentence. Being necessary to security of a free state. So you notice I mentioned state was capitalized. That means state in terms of the state United States, not necessarily the state of Illinois, state of Wisconsin, state of Indiana. The state meaning the country as a whole. So, you know, to them, you know, the security was in jeopardy based off what the British were doing to them, right? So, next, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Notice it doesn't say muskets. It does not say guns. It does not say cannons. It does not say knives. It does not say axes, hatchets. Go down the line. It says bear arms. Absolutely. And so what, we put this all together, and what is it really telling us, right? So... You really need to understand, in order to understand the Second Amendment, you need to understand the First Amendment. So, First Amendment, you got the five freedoms, right? You know, freedom of the freedom of religion, which is also misinterpreted a lot. Freedom of speech, which, yeah, I can't, I can say what I want, but I can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Well, different segment for that. 
you know, petition, peacefully assemble, and freedom of the press, right? So we look at what the British were doing to the colonists at that time. Yep. You know, British, they had the Church of England, yeah. you know, wasn't really welcoming to non-Anglicans so much. Um, freedom of the press, obviously, if you wrote against the British, you know, they weren't a fan of that. They didn't like people assembling and petitioning the king. Continental Congress petitioned the king, pretty much called them all, you know, com- saying they were all committing treason for what they yep. were doing. Yep. So, um, as you can see, their five, you know, freedoms were violated, right? So, what else did the colonists have? Well, they were getting a little more aggressive with their protesting, and, you know, they also had guns. So... What did the British Army do in 1775 outside of Boston near Lexington and Concord? They went for the guns. The federal government tried to take guns from the people. And who was there to stop them? Not members of the British government. Civilians. Yep. A well-regulated militia. And, as we know, shot her around the world. You know, we all know the story. British Army got drove back to Boston. They technically lost. You know, a little later, Battle Bunker Hill. Granted, Continental Congress started the Continental Army, but there's a lot of militia still there. So the Second Amendment itself is a product of the American Revolution. But it's not just referencing muskets, people on horseback firing flintlocks. It's referencing that the people have the right to defend themselves when the federal government is overreaching and, you know, jeopardizing the security of the free state that is the United States. So literally the Second Amendment is giving the right to the people against themselves against an oppressive government. Yep. And, you know, you see politicians, you know, just wanting to destroy the Second Amendment. And, yeah, because it's going to, they think it's going to get them votes. Yeah, want to get some votes. It's yeah. easy political fodder. And, you know, there's there's a lot of guns in this country. Absolutely there is. And, um, which is not a bad thing. No, not at all. I mean, and, ask. Yeah, and so it almost makes you wonder the the people who oppose them politically, what if they didn't have the guns, what would happen, Right. Look around the world at all countries that don't have a second amendment. Um, China is a good example. Look what's going on in Hong Kong. Yep. They don't have a second amendment over there. No, they have the NBA. Yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they do. But think about, you know, all these countries where they're protesting oppressive gut. Venezuela's a great example. Yeah. What happened to Venezuela? You know, socialists, communists got elected. They took away the guns. Now they have food shortages, and the government does whatever they want, and now people are throwing rocks at the cops. Yep. Like, what's that going to do, right? So, guns, yeah, you have the right to defend yourself, protect you. But the whole point of the Second Amendment is you have the right to keep and bear arms to protect yourself from an overreaching, oppressive federal government. And don't ever forget that. So that is today's freedom segment. Hope you enjoyed it. Learn something. Remember, there's more than the Second Amendment, just the right to bear arms. It's a lot, lot, lot more to the words on the page. So make sure when you're referencing the Constitution, 
look what really what it says because there's a lot more big picture stuff in there than just I have the right to have a gun. So absolutely, and we're gonna be doing more freedom segment speeches like this. Tony's gonna take a little breather there, drink some of the spotted cow. Um, yep, he can go all day with us. All day, and and he will. He will go all day with us. Um, yeah, the I am the Senate memes. That's... Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. And those memes are like five years old now. I yeah, no. said it. Yep. Um, but yeah, we're going to be doing more freedom segments like this. And um, we're just talking more about politics, yep. especially as we get into election, election season. season. Full swing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what are your uh, some gems. Any early predictions, Tony? Or early ideas? predictions. So I'm more looking at, I mean, the president's the hot one, right? Yeah. Know? Absolutely. You know, the key there is going to be the battleground states that the media thought Hillary was going to win that Trump actually won. Yep. Pennsylvania, Michigan, our now home state of Wisconsin, Florida, uh, North Carolina. Um, I'm sure there's a few more out there. Uh, Iowa, I guess. Ohio. Um, the way the electoral map, he kind of broke down the blue wall, right? You know, he won Michigan. He won Wisconsin. Yep. You know. He got Iowa and a, and Pennsylvania. You know, it, it's purple, but it's definitely more of a bluer purple than a redder purple. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see in those battlegrounds what happens there. And that's really going to decide it, right? That's that's The states are, that go red should go red. The states that should go blue will go blue. It'll be those eight or so states that I mentioned that mattered. Yeah, four years ago are still going to matter now. Um, what's really interesting looking at the U.S. Senate races, right? So you got Cory Gardner out in Colorado. Now, well, it went blue, so we'll say a blue state, uh, blue state Democrat, or sorry, blue state Republican running. Yeah, and then you have uh, Susan Collins. You know, Trump did much better in Maine than the previous two Republican candidates, but still. Uh, state that um, Hillary won and the Republicans going for their Senate seat. Interesting to see what happens in Alabama, as we know, with the whole Doug Jones. Yeah. And, uh, yep. He's running for re-election, so we'll see if the reddest state in the union revotes the Democrat in for the Senate. Uh, early polls showing no, but we got a lot of time. So that'll be interesting to see in the Senate part. I'd imagine everyone, all the incum- other incumbents will win. Uh, pretty comfortably, so I'm assuming there's not going to be too much movement in the Senate. I predict it will be the same. I think Gardner's going to lose in Colorado. I think Doug Jones will lose in Alabama. I think Susan Collins will eke out a win in Maine. Hmm. So I think the Senate's going to remain the same. Interesting will be the House, because now you have... It's not a midterm. President's on the ticket. We'll see who gets out the vote. Um, interesting. We'll see how, you know, the suburbs of Chicago, suburbs of Atlanta... You know, New York, suburbs of New York, suburbs of New Jersey, suburbs of California. That's really going to be where the house will either flip or stay yep, the same. So, long time to go. You know, Democrats even. You know, we haven't even got the primaries yet. Oh gosh, so, no. So long way to go, but that's what I, that's what I'm. Yeah, president's important, but I'm looking at I'm looking at more of where these tight house races come from. Yeah, and where is the Senate going to change? Yeah. So that's where I'm looking. You know. 2020 will be interesting, especially with, you know, the political climate. Oh which yeah, will be another. It's gonna famous. get. It's gonna get harsh. It's it's gonna get. It's gonna get 
a lot worse before it gets better. Absolutely. And and we'll tease the next, you know, freedom segment will be about the culture war that's going on in America, <laughs> which you know, we can talk a while about that. Yeah. So I know, I know you can. <laughs> I know I can. Yeah, I can talk about a lot of this stuff a lot, but you know, wanting to get the Second Amendment thing. Beto thing, sorry, Beto, Robert Beto. Francis, fresh in my Beto, mind. Beto, I yeah. like that. Yeah, so. What a loser. Know. Yep. He's such a loser. Yes, he is. <sighs> yeah. I'd... Things it's a fact we that probably not... shouldn't say on yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, but it's the fact that they're not even hiding their true goals. Oh, no. Right? Like, we all knew what what it was like do i think i really believed obama said we're not coming for your guns no no they're coming for your guns but the fact that they're not even trying to like hide it anymore is yeah. really like well because i think they realized oh if we actually say we're coming for your guns we're gonna get more votes yes so you're gonna yeah. try to get the people that are anti-gun antifa people out antifa there, yeah. and oh my gosh yeah, yeah. It, it is just amazing though especially like the areas that we live in yeah like, like we're originally from northern Illinois. Yep. Which is uh, just north of Chicago. Yeah, 40 miles north, west of there. So, a very blue-sided area. Yes. And it is just amazing, just like growing up and how many people are anti-gun. Especially, is that's a cool thing to put on Facebook now yep. and it's social media. Easy. And you see a lot of people that you knew and you're like, oh, this person really gets offended by yep. XYZ or... I know, social media crap. Yeah. And especially, like, the gun topic, because then you tie it into loss of human life, and then people start using children as shields in terms of political deflections from, you know, various, you know, attacks politically. And it's just, everything's in bad faith. And... You know, I don't think it's going to get any better. It's going to get worse before it gets better, in my opinion. But we'll see what happens there. So, um, kind of taking a change of topic and something else. I checked my ESPN app, and I realized college basketball actually starts on Tuesday. Like That's like the first major. Already? Night. Yes. I'm like, holy crap, it really is the end of fishing season. Yeah, it really so, is. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So, I'm looking, I'm looking to see who Duke plays, and they're playing Kansas the first game. So, number three versus number Ooh. four. So, Ooh. coming out of the gate, hot. Yeah. So, uh, l- little info on this. Tony's, uh, Tony's a big Duke fan. Yep. Duke basketball fan. I'm a big uh, Kansas basketball fan. Yep. Um, really have no relations to the college itself. Yeah. And I really have no direct relations besides a family member going there. Yeah. But, uh, so, uh, interesting with Kansas basketball and what happened in the off season with, you know, yeah. the recruiting and the shoe deals. And <laughs> so we'll see what happens and what Bill Self is going to, and their AD is going to handle that. But, yeah. Yeah. So, looking forward to college basketball. Obviously, NBA's in full swing, NFL's in full swing. Who's rated number one in college basketball? College basketball? I'm not sure. We'll, we'll look that up. We'll, we'll, we'll look that up. Yeah. Um, if I had to guess, probably Gonzaga. You know, they love them. Let's do... Yeah, looking it up, and it looks like... AP Top 25. Yeah. Michigan State. Ooh. 
They're good for a few losses early, but they'll come around in March. Yeah, right. Kentucky, number two. Kansas, Duke, Louisville, Florida, Maryland, Gonzaga, North Carolina, Villanova. So it's like the traditional blue blood program. Oh, yeah. Got Seton Hall up there at number 12. Yeah, it's really the only non-traditional. Texas yeah. Tech coming off that championship loss. Yep. Memphis, the big non-power conference school. They're always there. Oregon. Oh, yeah. Ohio uh, State's up there. Xavier, St. Mary's, California, Arizona, LSU, yeah. Purdue. That's Auburn. good. The West Coast Conference with Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Yeah. Two schools, lower level. Auburn, they had a good recruiting class after yep. their Final Four run. Um, so, very... If I sh- if you told me what this top ten was, I'd you'd have to clarify what year it is because these teams always seem to be in the top ten. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, very interesting. You know, especially that top four. So, I know. And get a lot of players go pro. Obviously, Zion, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish. Yeah. So and... we'll see. They gotta change that one and done rule. Oh, absolutely. I know it's not college, it's the NBA, but... Well, speaking of college, so the state of Illinois, I know the governor wants to have college athletes get paid for... Instead of scholarships, It's like a stipend. You get get the scholarship plus a stipend. Yeah. So... Doesn't it defeat the purpose, though? Oh. Yeah, I mean, I get it, right? They don't get paid, but they get the free tuition and room and board and all the stuff that goes along with that. Yep. They can't get a job because, you know, funneling money through that. But they make all the money for the colleges and universities. You know, I get why they want to get paid, but take away the scholarships. Oh, yeah. Yeah, make them. yeah. and not like the NFL really has a reason to create a minor league system because they have college football, so they're not going to, yeah. why would they care, right? It's the NFL, they're professional. Mm-hmm. They don't care. So it, I know California's looking into that. A few other states are now looking into that because the NCAA's, seems like the NCAA is starting to lax their rules. So we'll. Oh, absolutely they are. Yeah. They used to be really tough, not too long ago. Yes. Like nitpickers. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, so I think they're going to start laxing some stuff like that. So, um, I know Illinois is looking at that. The Title Nine might throw a wrench in that because if you're going to pay the men, I, you got to pay the women. Yep. Are you going to pay the women's golf team who doesn't give you any TV ratings uh-huh. or anything the same amount yeah. you pay the starting quarterback at Alabama? Yeah. We're not being chauvinistic. Yeah, it's not a chauvinistic comment. It's this is it's this is reality. Yeah. The TV time is. Football, TV, TV time, ticket sales. Is, is men's football and men's basketball. Yes. That is that's what your, sales That's your moneymaker sports. Yep. And even, you know, the baseball teams, they don't even make money that much for their program. It's the, oh, no, not the at all. Two. So are you really going to pay Tua the same as someone on the any women's program who's no. riding the bench? No. You know, you know logic, you know, based off, if you're going to pay someone based off performance, you'd say no, but if it's a stipend, you might say every everyone gets a thousand bucks a month. Yeah, you know? but like everything in the state of Illinois, they're gonna yeah. probably make have it go through and then not think it through actually. Yeah, and they're like ah, long term, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, and then bite them in the ass. And I'm sure there's politicians looking to tax that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 
Everything's and, taxed. Yeah, and I know like they they allowed the likeness to make money off, yep. right? So that'd be like if they brought back the video games. Yeah, which I kind of wish they would. But are you playing those? Yes. So on PlayStation Two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Reggie Bush and Oh yeah. Oh seven. Yeah. Jared Zabransky, Boise State. Gosh. Late. Yeah, going going way back. Oh yeah. I remember buying that game. Yep. Yeah. Good times. So, World Series is now over. We got Nationals won. Yeah. Um, I really didn't give a crap who won. No, I really... It was kind of cool seeing the Nationals won, because you're like, oh, Expos. Yeah. Kind of, because... I mean, I thought the American American League team would win because of the hitting, but... Yeah, I thought so, too. And especially after, what was it, after game, or when the Astros won. Yeah. Well, they were in two in a row or three yeah. in a row? They won three in a row. Three in a row, yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, here we go. They got Verlander and, you know, yep. Grinky going. I know they had Strasburg and Scherzer. But they have a, the Astros got a, which pitcher is going to be hitting the free agency? Garrett Cole. Yeah, he's going to get some money. Yeah, he's a Scott Boris client too. Yep. Yeah, hey, big that, payday coming there. That Scott Boris bastard. Yeah, well, he, well speak, speaking of closer to home for us, that I don't know if that Chris Bryant appeal yeah i don't know if that's gone through yet i don't know I, but he's a scott boris client too he is and i think that's gonna because he wants to he's saying it's not fair yes. that he they waited to bring him up yes and the cubs were saying there was injuries well there was players ahead of him he needed to work on his defense and, and then they brought him up and there was injuries well it's like if i had chris bryan in the wings and michael was my third baseman i'd find an injury for him too yeah right so I'm not sure if that decision has come out, but... I don't think he's going to be a uh, Chicago, Chicago Cub for much longer. No, I, if it's not after this year, it'll be after the next no. year. No. And, and honestly, the Cubs, I don't think they have the money to keep them. They already have the second highest payroll in baseball. No, no they don't need to. And you already dipped in luxury tax, so no. I don't think they're... They won the World Series. I got to see I got to see the World Series. We Everyone did, regardless yep. if you're a Cubs fan or not. You got to see the World Series. It's over. Yep. It's just like the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. And I think there's... I think they're going to get one more year because everyone's still predominantly on rookie contracts, but it's coming time for Chris Bryant to get paid. It's coming time for Bias to get paid. It's coming time for Contreras, Rizzo's team-friendly deals running out in a couple of years, and he's yep. going to be in his early 30s. And we'll see with David Ross being the new manager. Yeah. I, I'm i a Cubs fan, but I don't think that was the best move for having David Ross. Yeah. Well, I think Theo's really managing the team. And oh, absolutely. Whole, I think the front office is, and they're just going to be like, here, David, here's your lineup for the day. Sixth inning, bring this guy in. Yeah. And honest, and I hate it because I hate sabermetrics. I mean, I get why they're, I get their place. Yeah. Yeah. But I just hate how analytics and front offices are starting to make more on the field decision. Yeah. And, uh, it just irks me, and I have no logical reason why. It's just like see, this is why you call us realistic sports fans because yes. you could see the big picture. Mm-hmm. Yes, like I get where we're going and where baseball's going. I just don't like it. No, not at all. Yeah, I didn't and like I, replay when they started yeah. it. And, <laughs> oh no, I get. I still it, don't like. I, don't like it. It. I get it, but I still yeah. don't like it. And I get it. The analytics and the math is is there in sports, right? Yeah. Like you might not realize it, but it's in the NBA because absolutely this. When's the last time you've seen, like, I'm going to take a 17-point, two-point shot? Not too often, right? Mm-hmm. It's either everything's at the rim or everything's a three because the percentage of a long two versus long three is not that different, plus the extra point for making the three-point shot. 
and get into the basket, you get your free throws, high percentage, high percentage, closer you get to the basket. So that's kind of where analytics and yeah. basketball is kind of – football and hockey are too random, you know. You, they are. Yeah, it, you know, it's that's more scouting and seeing – person a wide receiver a is faster than cornerback b mm-hmm. what route can we do to exploit that match? and even though we're chicago we're, we're chicago bears fans even though we are living in wisconsin right now mm-hmm. in packer territory yeah. i live here because of the property taxes not because i love wisconsin so much that i not because i'm a dreamed pack, of not because i'm a packer fan yeah or that yeah. I'd, I'd move somewhere warmer if i could yeah yeah definitely <laughs> yeah but, man remember when we were uh shoot we were like 19, 20 years old, and we're like, we could just move down to Alabama and try. Yeah. Uh, we had the dream of, we were looking at one bedroom studio apartments down in Alabama. Yeah. And we're like, 500 bucks a month? We only need to make, you know, 12 bucks an hour, and we can afford this and yeah. still fish. And there's BFLs down there. There's tournaments everywhere. Yeah. There's lakes around there. We would have moved back up here in two, three days. Or yeah. two, three years. Two, three years. Not days, but yeah. Yeah, trying to. F- I mean, People don't realize, like, fishing professionally, like, it's hard. Yeah. It's it's not, I'm just going to throw out this rod and reel. And this is and this is real life. People are sleeping in their trucks. Yeah. They're, yes. I like, mean, you're traveling all the time. Mm-hmm. Away from home. Yep. Not much of a social life. A lot of sponsor obligations that take mm-hmm. you away from even having that social life when you do have downtime. And you have to pay to play it's yeah, not absolutely. like the other like I mean, there's a choice i mean it's a choice it's a there's choice. guys it's a that want to do that. choice and yeah you know if someone fails and there's an aspect of luck in fishing too right so i would say yeah the luck comes yeah the two pounder bit but the five pounder that was right next to him didn't bite in the same school right that, yeah that's unlucky yeah you're in the right area you know fishing is about putting yourself in the right area depending on the time and the season and the lake condition, weather conditions, to put you in the best area to catch the biggest fish. Sometimes the two-pounder bites, sometimes the five-pounder bites, and that's just the way it, yep. it, it works out. So, I mean, who knows what would happen? Yeah, who knows? But again, everything happens yeah, for a reason. And I was, I mean, I know there's pools seven, eight up there, but that's the closest BFL to us. Oh, absolutely. I was just thinking that. I'm like, I really wish there was BFLs. Or even even an open or something that were bigger to like tournament wise that would be closer to here. Yes. That aren't um, an eight to ten hour drive just yeah. for a, a three day tournament if you make it that far. Yeah. Because even the Alina division in FLW, it's you're driving six hours to get to Ren Lake. Yeah. You're driving four hours to get to Shelbyville. Mm-hmm from here yeah. and which again it isn't horrible but it's like that's your only option yeah and you gotta leave on the friday morning in order mm-hmm. to check in by friday afternoon evening for the meeting yeah there's a lot of dedication co-angler stuff if you're if you have a co-angler assigned yeah. to you and or i, res- you are I respect all the guys that that do that yeah i give them a lot of credit for yeah doing that and i mean that's what we we're when we were telling that guy back that was fishing that bfl on lake gunnersville and I mean, he pretty much said it, it was like you either gonna be you're gonna be a single man or your wife's got to be fully on board with yep. us, pretty yep. much. And and there's very rare occasions where it's everything else is okay. Yeah. So definitely. to make your social life work with trying to fish the dream, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, yeah. that's why I don't mind the tournaments. I mean, I'd like to get back into tournament fishing. Yeah. For sure. 
And I think once, you know, wedding season dies down again yep. next year. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, we haven't had the tournament success that we like, but it's still a way to do something competitive. Yeah. I, mean, I still like the Big Bass Tour. I'm just looking at that and yeah. looking at the new schedule that was released this morning, I believe. Yep. And uh, they got some pretty enticing stuff yep. on there. They have big name Ozark and TVA, TVA, TVA likes. TVA likes, yep. And anywhere that has, I mean, I don't know about Guntersville, but, you know, Table Rock's on there. And we had... Guntersville is on there. Guntersville is on there. Yeah, I think they're, it's their yeah, last it's either, tournament. Yeah, and it's either Ufala Chickamauga's on there, too. It might be Ufala. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Table Rock's on there, which we had a lot of good success. Caught a big fish for us, but yeah, we caught a that's de- big for everyone. Good, good amount of fish in on Table Rock, for sure. Yeah, all spotted, large and small. So the Big Bass Tour schedule for 2020 starts on the Harris Chain yep. of lakes in Florida. Yep. Lake Conroe, Texas. Clark Hill Lake in Georgia. I've never heard of it. Nope, never heard of it. Uh, Lake Norman, North Carolina. That'd Table cool. Rock, Missouri. Lake yep. Murray, South Carolina. Smith Mountain Lake, Virginia. I have not heard of that either. I I've, haven't. I've heard of it, but I never... I don't know how much they actually fish that. Then they got Chickamauga, Lake uh, Dardanelle in Arkansas. Am I saying that right? Dardanelle? Dardanelle, yeah. Yeah. Douglas Lake and then uh, Gunnersville, October 16th to 18th in Alabama. So exactly a year after we went there. We're going. So So avoid Gunnersville next year. Offshore crank. Yeah, right. So, well, I think that's a a good point to wrap this up. Yep. So, um, we hopefully this will be broadcasted to uh, Spotify, App, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Uh, please go check us out on uh, realamericanoutdoors.com. You can find us on YouTube at Real American Outdoors, along with Instagram at the same name, uh, Real American Outdoors. So uh, go over on Facebook. We're always uh, sharing some cool, cool pictures and. Mm-hmm. And some cool videos, and uh, we, I, I like this podcast. Yep. So, uh, we got some, we got, we got a lot more stuff to talk about, especially the freedom section. I think uh, yeah. Cody's rearing to go here. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm ready. He's, he's we could have had a ten hour podcast on the freedom. Section, oh yeah, but oh yeah, maybe, maybe we can get a guest in. I mean, we'll, we'll probably have Juan on next time. Yeah, we'll see. Get some automotive stuff. Get some there. automotive stuff we can talk about. Yeah, or winter time's getting cold. Stuff yep. starts breaking. Yep. So I'd like to get a guest on here. Maybe someone that you can fight with, Tony. Oh, political wise. Well, debates. <laughs> debates. So cool. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, please be safe and have a, if you're up in the north, stay warm and uh, fish on. We'll see you guys later.